Welcome to Bliss Beyond Fear. Your hosts, Des, a transformational life coach, and Gina Marie, a personal development mentor, are here to help you have confidence, embrace your worth, and find your joy. Des and Gina Marie are fierce friends and lifestyle entrepreneurs that will encourage you to have faith, elevate your mindset, and take action so you can achieve the results you desire. They believe that an abundant life is sustained by overcoming your fears through creating a circle that elevates you and rises with you. Your blissful journey begins now. Welcome to the Bliss Beyond Fear podcast. We are thrilled today because we have a special guest. We got a powerhouse here. Yeah. This is going to be fun one today. You might want to get a pen out, <laughs> take some notes because you will be inspired. I know Jean Marie and I are certainly inspired by our guest today. Absolutely. And we are already filled up and fired up. So without further ado, Gina Marie is going to do our introduction. Gladly. Andrea Taylor, creator of Girl Talk, is a certified Christian career life coach, author, motivational speaker, CEO founder of the nonprofit, The Exchange Mentorship Academy. For the last six years, Andrea has successfully run her nonprofit organization that empowers youth, women, and men. Andrea has collaborated with other nonprofit organizations in California and Canada, Texas, and Florida. Andrea has coached hundreds of women and youth in the area of codependency, grief, personal development, business development, emotional development, health, finances, education, and spirituality. Andrea has appeared on Diva Talk, Coffee TV 2020, and has done multiple interviews on local online radio stations, Truth FM, and Our TV Radio. Andrea is passionate about bridging the gap between the youth and seasoned adults. Her heart is to foster a safe space for transparency, healing, and education to happen. Andrea believes success begins with breakthroughs, and her mission is to build, promote, inspire, and activate. Andrea lives in Pittsburgh, California with her husband and three handsome sons. And they are handsome. I happen to have some daughters. <laughs> You got a few to choose from. I got a few. They'd be fighting over them. Village. (laughs) Heck yeah. So um, my curiosity is, how did you get to this point? Like when you were a little girl, were you like pretending to be a life coach? (laughs) (laughs) Typically, that's not. Do they have life coach Barbie? We should. should, We should should do that. We should invent that Barbie. That would be cool. Yeah. Just saying. So, you know, I come from a family of nurses. I'll just start there. Mm -hmm. So when I did play house, I always worked in a hospital. I always envisioned myself in the hospital because my auntie was a nurse, but then my grandmother was the secretary. Like she would answer the phone. So she did the administrative work and the secretarial work. So I would always hear her say, thank you for calling Las Madonna's Hospital. How can I help you? And so I always wanted to be a nurse. As I got older, and I'll drop, just give you a little backdrop, but I always felt like something about like a Hollywood feel. Mm. I always felt like something was drawing me and I couldn't make sense of it. If it was like to model, if it was to be on TV, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I, I really didn't know. So I stuffed that back and I 
you know, began to move forward with my life. And then I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. And from there, I did not know that he was going to be this football player. He started playing football and at LMC. What did he play? Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> he started playing football at LMC Junior College. Mm-hmm. Actually, he hid it from his father, who played 10 years professionally uh, because he became a Jehovah's Witness and forbid him to play any sports. And so when he started playing football as a walk-on at LMC College, his coach told him, you know, you can go to Division One College. You can go to Division One College. And so he started dreaming and he started, ended up in the newspapers. And then he would run so home. So much for hiding from dad then. He would run home to hide it, the newspapers. <gasps> and then one day his dad had the newspaper no. in his hand. Um, but I mean, he took it well. He did come to support him a few times. Uh, and from there, he ended up going from LMC to Sac State, becoming a free agent for the San Diego Chargers. Then he played for the Sabercats. Then he ended his career in Canada. And that's where my life began to take a left because here I was going, I'm in another country. I cannot work. And September 11 had just happened. So I was afraid to go back and forth to Washington because we were in Vancouver Mm -hmm. just so I could pursue my nursing. So towards the end of my husband's football career, because he tore both his knees, um, our pastor invited us to his house and there was a prophet there from LA. And this prophet began to prophesy over six couples. We were one of those couples. And uh, he gets to me and he goes, are you the baby? And I'm like, nope. I'm the oldest. So my guard went up right away. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're off. Like, you're already. I'm not listening to (laughs) him. And then he goes, you know, I see you as as the baby of the family because you're reluctant. And usually the reluctant ones are the babies in the family. He goes, but I see you've been reluctant because you're wondering if you even matter, if what you say even matter. Mm. He goes, and I'm here to tell you. It matters. You matter. And he said, um, you are called to get in the smuck and murray of women's lives. He goes, and I don't mean this, you know, in a bad way, which was a real telltale sign for my husband. I and when when he started to unlock my heart, he goes, I don't mean this in a real bad way or anything like that. But it's almost like you would rather be at Saks Fifth Ave shopping than getting into these women's lives. And my husband said, oop, and my, <laughs> oh boy. my guard goes down. And the reason why is because that week, I was just saying to him, I'm so tired women would call for advice. My peers always called for advice. But then I had like football players, girlfriends calling for advice or um, married women calling for advice. And so I remember saying in particular, I said, I am so tired of these women calling me. They don't listen. They don't take my advice. I said, I just want to go shopping. I just want to do me. I just want to live my life. So that's what I said. And so when the prophet said what he said, my husband said, oop. And I'm like, and he goes, now I'm starting to unlock your heart. And he goes, and he just began to prophesy. And he said, "Um, you are beginning to see that everything that you have planned is going kaputs. And it's God that's doing it. He's leading you down this path. He said, and you have the gift of healing. You have the gift of uh, wisdom, the whole kitten caboodle. He said, you have the gift. You're going to find yourself in places 
uh, delivering and you're going to find yourself in places speaking into women's lives. And you're going to think that it don't matter, but they're going to come back to you and they're going to say, oh my God, what you said to me helped me so much. And you're going to be looking at them like, I didn't say anything. And full circle. Wow. When I did say yes to God five years later, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, the doors began to open for me. Life coaching uh, was in that path. And once I said yes to that, the doors really opened. And I would tell you, I tried to turn away from it still in in that five-year span because I was still trying to pursue nursing. And though I did go to school and, and become... I got my diploma to be a MA medical assistant and I, you know, the doors still, they just wouldn't penetrate. And I had a friend say to me, Andrea, we're hiring at Scripps because we lived in San Diego. We're hiring hey, girl. Hey, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Vacation all the time. That was the feel. But she said to me, she goes, give me your resume and I'll get your resume over to my, my boss. And in that moment, I heard a soft, still voice say, you're not going to get the job. And I said back, well, God, I better not get an interview. And I will have you to know that I did not get an interview. My resume got lost so many times. It was so bad that my friend said, just email it to me and I will print it and hand walk it to her so she can take it to human resources. By that time, they hired someone. Also, another telltale sign, I found out I was pregnant and I'm sick all the way through my pregnancy. Oh. So I'm going, yeah, if I do get an interview, it's not going to work because I'm, I'm going to be sick, which I was sick. So coming back full circle, uh, I decided to go ahead and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to pursue uh, writing. I'm going to pursue coaching. And the, w- once I said yes, I had an interview with the school in San Diego uh, to become a certified life coach. The thing about it was the tuition was really expensive. And we had just moved here in 2012 from San Diego. And finances, because we're entrepreneurs, all of that was very, very tight, very tight. So I'm having this interview with the school. And she's like, you know what, your life skills, everything you've been through, we're going to let you into the school because you need a BA and I didn't have my BA. She goes, we're going to let you in. We're going to make an exception. I'm going to myself, that's great, God, but where is the money going to come from? And the very next day, my husband got this large check from the NFL, like back pay from an injury that he had. And I'm like, oh, well, there's the, <laughs> there's the oh money for school. Oh my gosh. Can you believe that's that? That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much how it went. And everything happened simultaneously. The doors opened for me to go to school. Then I got this supernatural vision. I mean, and it downloaded like a blueprint to start Girl Talk. And I'm just moving and asking, hey, you want to speak? And they're like, oh, I'll be so honored. Oh, I'm so humbled. And I'm thinking, really? And that's that thought, like, really? It's just, you know, and the doors opened for that. Then in the midst of me putting the flyers out, the city council in Pittsburgh, California saw that and said, hey, we're doing a team youth summit at Pittsburgh High. Would you mind coming and doing a workshop? And, I mean, and it just, it's just been happening that that's way. That's so amazing. So that's how that all, door all opened up door. For, for that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's, it's so amazing to see how like, you know, that, that little seed was planted inside of you and some, and 
and having the prophet come talk to you, yeah. like put that to life. Yes. Like whether he had said that or not, all those things, it's not him that made that happen. No. Mm-hmm. But, you know, building that, you know, um, conviction and and trust and having that that reinforcement, you know, I'm sure propelled you. It did. It really did. I mean, again, you know, ended up in different places. I don't know if you guys ever heard of, uh, oh my God, Bethel, Church of Bethel in, in Redding, California. Mm-mm. They're known for healing. That's mm. what they do. They're just, that they're a ministry for healing. And uh, I was asked, invited by someone in the community to come to the church. So I go and I'm taking my son. I have a, he's now 16. I'm still holding on to that baby, but he's now 16. <laughs> um, and he was probably six at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said to Kai, I said, you know, let's go to this church. Come with me. It's a healing service. He has alopecia. Mm. And so I said, let's go, you know. So I take him. He's kind of like, okay, mom, you know, we go. And the church is running late. Something was going on with, I don't know why they caught the plane or what was going on, but something was going on with them getting to the church. They were very delayed. So he's really like, I'm ready to go. It's like an hour delayed, you know, and then they finally show up and they conduct this full on healing ministry and they send their team around and I'm there for my son. So I thought I'm there for him. And the lady comes over and she goes, so why are you guys here? What what do you believe in God for? I said, well, my son has thyroid issue and then also he has alopecia. And she goes, okay. So she prays for him, but then she began to prophesy over him. And she said all these things that I know to be true about him. But at the same time, I hear this voice that said, you didn't come here for your son. And I'm going, well, why am I here? You know, I talk back to the Holy Spirit. Like, why am I here? <laughs> so in the thick of that, everyone, you know, they make their rounds and then they get back in front of the church and they talk about you know, what was your experience? Do anyone want to say anything? This, this, and that. So I stand up and I start to talk about my son. And I said, you know, I have to apologize because I, I thought that I was here for my son. I said, but there's this lady in the back that talked about how she can't get out of her wheelchair. And there was something in me to say, go touch her and agree with her that she can walk. And I said, I don't know where she, I don't know where she's at. And I turned around, I started walking to the back of the church and I find her. Now I'm totally moving in God. It's not me. And I'm feeling like it's protocol. They don't know me. I don't know them. But I get over to the lady and I said to her, I said, God wants you to know that you are healed. He wants you to know that you can get out of that chair, that wheelchair, you can walk and you will get your full healing. It's going to manifest. And she's looking at me and the church just went up in this uproar. And I started walking and the minister said, no, actually people started, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? They're literally taking my hand and putting it on their faces and doing, hey, touch my son here. And it just blew me away because that was one of those moments where I thought about the prophet saying, you're going to find yourself in places and you're going to wonder, how did I get here? And that was one of those that was one defining of those moments. Oh and so, of course, I go back to my seat and the minister there, he goes, 
He goes, Andrea. He goes, what's your name? I goes, Andrea. He goes, Andrea. He says, um, we didn't know how we were going to close or transition to the next phase, but what you did was a prophetic call in the in the supernatural, and you bridged the gap for all of us to unite. And he starts saying, what church is here? What church is here in different places? And he goes, you just drew a line in the sand, you know, to basically open the doors for people to receive. And from there, it just kept going. And I'll tell you, though, when I left that day, <laughs> those negative voices that come, mm-hmm. you know, I say Satan, but it's just like, <laughs> what were you doing? Okay. You are so you're so crazy. You were out of pocket. You you know, all these different things like you didn't you know, all these things that you 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 overstep boundaries and different things like that. And I would get embarrassed. and I just go, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. But then. So the, the the pastors were so open. They mm-hmm. were so open. So I had to speak back to the negative voices and say, no, no, no. Yeah. There was a blessing that came out of that, you know. You have a voice and a message, but it can be hard to raise your voice above the noise. So how do you reach your audience and inspire them to take action? How do you increase your influence, grow your network and drive engagement? Podcasting is a powerful way to build a connection with your audience and turn that crowd into a community. But where do you start? Rockwood Audio works with entrepreneurs and businesses to design and craft high-quality, smart content that fits your brand like a glove. Rockwood's podcast launch package includes one-to-one coaching and development, strategic and technical support, audio and visual branding, broadcast quality editing and production, and even distribution and setup. They'll get you from idea to iTunes in half the time with a great sounding show that your audience will love. They even wrote the theme music for this show. And Rockwood's subscription editing, production and publishing services takes away the hassle so you can focus on what's important. For a free consultation, go to rockwoodaudio.com. That's R-O-K-K-Wood.com. Rockwood Audio. Brand out loud. The world is listening. So now when you're doing your your workshops, tell us a little bit about your workshops. Yes. Mm -hmm. My workshops. My workshops... I would tell you they do vary because I'm all about empowering. So are they days, hours? They're days. They're okay. always in the days. So some may be in a night time because right before the new year, I did a Vision 2020 workshop and they were for C- How was that vision? It, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I, know, think, we, I think oh, we got a 3D vision. We all thought our 2020 vision was going to be a lot different than this has right? been. We're like goodness. clarity, you know, yeah. we're like vision on a whole other le- level. But I think it, it's a little bit deeper. I think it's like a 3D type of vision mm-hmm. where we're having to look within and and also uh, reevaluate ourselves on top of what are we here to do? What's our purpose, right? Yeah. So the vision 2020, I was able to speak to CEOs, realtors, and other women that were aspiring to tap into their dreams. So that workshop was on helping them get crystal clear on where they want to go and then empowering them with the coaching tools to set goals and then accomplish those goals. Mm -hmm. So that was the first vision or workshop for this year. And then I, I do several workshops throughout the year with girls from, we do girl talk. So then we'll do a girl talk brunch 
or we'll do a girl talk empowerment. Now the girl talk, that's younger. That's younger. So what is the age range for that? That ranges from eight and up. Oh, wow. Cece would be all about that. I didn't that realize they could go that, that young. Yeah, yeah, I started to really explore that when I spoke with the educator, a yeah. school educator. And she said, you know, you may want to think about opening up Girl Talk to the ages of eight because we're finding them in bathrooms doing things that they should not be doing. Oh, Interesting. You know, and the thing about it is they have so much access to social media. Oh my gosh, they're growing up so quick. So they're exposed to way more than what we were exposed to. Absolutely. You know, so I did, last year was my first year opening it up to eight-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And my biggest focus was suicide because of bullying and everything. And a lot of them start at the age of six, believe it or not, committing suicide because they're being bullied. So you talked about Girl Talk. I want to talk for a minute about your nonprofit. Yes. How did that get started? What inspired you to do that? You know, the funny thing, and I'll tell you, I am an introvert. I have a friend say, stop saying that. But I am. I would rather be, I would rather be behind the scenes mm-hmm. doing things. But what I do requires me to get in the forefront and it requires me to, to speak. So when I first did Girl Talk, mm-hmm. I had this conversation with God, like, okay, one year, that's how I see it. And after Girl Talk, I started getting Facebook messages. I can't wait till my daughter turned 12, because that was the age, 12. And I, I said, well, who said anything else about another year? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And as it kept evolving and growing, I said, you know what? It's time to make this into a nonprofit. So that's how the nonprofit was birthed. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's, again, a telltale for me, sign for me was I had a girlfriend out of Canada. She said, I really love what you're doing. I want to sew into your nonprofit. So she sold into the, to finance the donation of getting a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And so we did all the paperwork and within eight weeks, I was a nonprofit. That's awesome. That's incredible. What, what do you find that's the most um, fulfilling for you in doing what you do? I, you know, when you can see it in their eyes that they were broken mm-hmm. the whole time. And then you teach curriculum, you do goal setting, and then they have that breakthrough. And you see the healing come over them. You see empowerment come over their, them. You see confidence rise up. That for me is everything. Is just to confidence? see them just rise up. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. As a Christian woman, I have a question for you. Yes. So, um, you know, in, in the Christian community, I feel like like the woman empowerment is kind of frowned upon because it's, you know, we have in a way painted a picture in the Christian community. I'm And I'm just I'm just saying this is kind of the feeling that I get. This is a story I'm telling myself um, that it is by being empowered is emasculating for men. How how in your um, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I mean, I was put in a position to where my husband passed away and I needed to provide for my family and me stepping up and doing things I don't feel should be a threat to men or in any way, you know, make them feel like they're lesser. How how would you uh, respond to somebody kind of going, mm, oh, empowerment for women? Well, that's isn't that a little secular or it, you spin know, on that? It's, it's interesting because 
this has been a gift that I've known of for a long time. Like I just moved in it naturally. And then the prophet came and confirmed some things, but I will tell you, and then I'll move forward to, to answer that question. But when we lived in Canada, our pastor said some things to my husband. He goes, wow, your wife is so confident. She's so, you know, and I would go, what does that mean? And I would get this negative energy from him. And I didn't understand it, but he's, it was almost like he frowned upon the fact that I was very confident in who I was and whose I was. So when he was saying wow. that, it was it wasn't like, oh wow, she's confident. It was like, hmm, she's confident. It was a frown. Like you, need yeah. to, you need to get a hold of that. I felt the I felt it and and it actually was something that I came into a psychological agreement with. Mm. We teach that as life coaches. What did you come into agreement with? And I think that thing hovered over me. And I will always say to my husband, do I come off a certain way or, you know, and he would joke and he goes, yeah, when you walk in the room, you're like, you know, <laughs> I'm like your grandma. And I'm like, do I really? He's like, no, no, babe, you don't. He said, uh, he goes, but you do, you could tell you're very confident in who you are, you know? And I go, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm like conceited? Does that mean, what does that mean? And for years I battled with that. So when we moved back to the States, and I knew my calling was youth. I had another go around with another pastor, our pastor at another church. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was on our, my heart to open up our home to do a small group. But I wanted to do it for senior citizens. I wanted to, we had a minivan. I wanted to go pick them up, bring them to our house. And my pastor said, well, I want you to do it for the youth. And he totally went behind our backs and told the the older couple, they're not doing that for you. And the older lady was just like, oh, my God, she just could not believe it. And I remember actually standing my ground with the pastor. I said something like, I don't agree with you doing that. I don't know what was going on, but I said, I don't agree with you doing that. And I was it was after church and I went up to him because my heart broke for the senior the couple, citizen. Yeah. yeah. And so he said, well, he said something really smart and kind of like, like he wanted to strong arm me, like you're the female, you know? And I felt that. And I said something back. I said, well, when you find your people, you find your purpose. And at this time, my husband was coming behind me and Mm -hmm. he said, and he was getting ready to let me have it. And he saw my husband goes, you guys are called to the youth. That's what you call it. Isn't that right? And he says my husband's name. So... Now I'm in another church and this pastor, he sees what we're doing or what I'm doing because I have billboards going up, different things like that. He's embraced it. But I will tell you that I would, it's a feel in the church that makes you feel like it's kind of negative. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I asked you about this personally, because, you know, this is something that I think is just amazing. I think the enemy, you know, has has got a plan to kind of like push us down mm-hmm. and not be everything that mm-hmm. you want to be. And that's just another way to kind of, you know, have that that agreement that you yeah. want that he wants you to believe in that. No, you cannot be empowered to do things. And I think that women are starting to bust out of that. Women are busting out. And I think, too, the threat for men 
especially Christian men, is they don't want, I think we still have some of the old ways, like they, the older, like make my lunch, dinner, like take care of the kids. Domestic. Do all the Mm -hmm. domestic things at, Mm -hmm. at home. And women are going, you know what? I have dreams. I have goals. I have desires. I have different things that I want to accomplish and I'm pursuing it. And even with my own husband, he's having to get used to me, you know, going to speak, doing workshops, doing events. He He's like trying to adjust. I have his full support, but he's so used to me being home because he played football and I took care of the kids. That's yeah. what I did, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think when they feel a real threat is when women are almost like, we don't need men. We can do it on our own. I don't preach that. I do believe that. <laughs> Does raise raise in her hand? Like, <laughs> I, I do great. believe we need we need balance. Yeah. You know, God put men there for us to be their help meet. You know, so if we could understand our balance and respect each other's gifts, mm-hmm. then I, it shouldn't be a problem, right? As a life coach, I want to equip young girls you know, to be able to discover who they are and also receive whatever healings they need, you know, whether it was through trauma, it was through a heartache, what it broken relationships, whatever that is that mm-hmm. comes up and triggers them and keep them from moving forward. I want to see them get on the other side of that. Yeah. So. And speaking of that, we kind of talked about the fulfilling parts, but you're hearing and dealing with a lot of things of all age ranges, mm-hmm. what's, what is challenging for you? The challenging is, uh, the abuse. Hearing it, hearing the abuse, hearing their abuse. And the most challenging one is when they've been molested, because what I often see in a victim, and I don't call them victims, but you know, when we're working through yeah, so that they can see that they're victorious is that you often see that it's almost like a stronghold. So if they've been molested once by their father, stepdad, uncle, cousin, it shows up again later in their life by a neighbor or a boyfriend. And you just see at least three or four times they have encounters starting from the age Are of you five. Kidding? Yes. God, I'm so young. That's been my experience working wow. with. And I've worked with, I think the oldest person that I worked with lady was 65 years old. And she said, Andrea, she goes, I will give you all the money in my bank account. If you just help me, I believe you can help me heal. And she'd been to psychologists. She'd been to, I forget that a term, but just some new things that's out there. And she's like, I need you. And I just wanted to, Mm. I wanted to cry. And in that span of coaching, we did about eight sessions and she showed up strong every week. What was so liberating and gratifying is that we did a, kind of like a, I gave her two voices, the stepdad's voice and then her voice and then, oh, actually three. And then God's voice. And we did a role play. And I'm telling you, when she went through that role play it broke off of her completely. Wow. Wow. It broke. And we both walked away feeling very light. I'm not one to take my work home with me, mm-hmm. but that day 
you knew God moved in her life like never before. So it was the most challenging. Sounds like it's also the most fulfilling. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're connected. It is. That they a, are connected. That was a breakthrough. It was a real breakthrough. Yeah. 65 years. 65 to years. 65 years of your going life. Going through different types of uh, abuse and rape. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Heart, well, yeah, heart wrenching. that would be challenging. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, when when there was the Me Too movement that came out and everybody was like, yeah, me, me too, me too, me too, me too. There's there's so many people that have been touched with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I shared on on one of our podcasts that that was an experience for me, you know, and. I, I think that there's so many people that, you know, want to be healed from that. Yeah. It's a little different than the, can I start a business? I don't know. Can you coach me? You know, this is, right. this is, you know, some really deep seated stories that you tell yourself that you're believing about yourself. What did you call it? You call it, um, you said when people come psychological to agreement, psychological mm, agreement. Yes. Yeah. A psychological agreement oh. that you got to break free from. Wow. And it's a complete mind shifting. I mean, you have to really apply the coaching tools. Yeah. Because, you know, naturally we'll fall back into old ways that we become reactive Mm -hmm. to certain things. But now you're teaching them how to respond with the proper tools instead of being reactive. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just going to say, how do people sustain those breakthroughs? Do you continue to work with them with their tools or with tools that you provide? The goal is to teach them how to coach themselves, how to ask the right questions that's going to get you to the next phase, mm-hmm. you know. And once you do that, because, you know, codependency is a fine line and I want to make sure they don't become codependent on me. But I give them I do a good job by giving them the tools that they can use over and over and over again mm-hmm. until it gets easier, because we're always getting triggered by something, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That blows me away. So do you so so do you have programs that you're doing now that like we have listeners that are all over the place. Yeah. And you're here in California. Not everybody can come, you know, to California. Do you have workshops? Do you have anything virtual or anything like that that you're doing? Well, I had partnered with the business partner mm-hmm. where we were doing uh workshops online with the curriculum. Since Maybe two weeks ago, we decided to go in different ways. So for me now, it's just creating the content in the curriculum. But yes, that is in the horizon. That's coming up oh, soon. Well, we will, because it's exciting when you're able to uh, do Zoom. It's funny about COVID-19 because I had just moved into my office space huh. in Concord, mm-hmm. California on the sixth floor, you know, just kind of like all excited, February 3rd, and then yeah. boom. COVID-19. So I've gotten accustomed to doing workshops online on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So now actually, just to answer that question, took some time off to write a book. So, you know, it's a lot when you're doing those. So that's a tool that they have that you can pick up anywhere and read it anytime. Yes. Yes. So amazing. That was going to be one of my next questions is what is on the horizon? What can people look forward to, whether it's online things, your book, what, how can people keep up with that? How can people like go to my website? Mm -hmm. So my website right now is uh, 
www.girltalk.me. And that's Ooh, for the girls. We that. do that every year. We're in our sixth year. And that's coming up September 18th. Mm-hmm. And it's from ages 10 and up. We have teenage speakers speaking about identity this year. Now, is that at the vineyard then? That's at the vineyard. That's where I used to work. That's how we that's met. Amazing. She was doing a workshop. Super um, excited. How many people can you have out there? A hundred? We can have a hundred. I'm doing 50 okay. this year because, you know, it's been a lot of adjusting. Normally we do it at the hotels every year, mm-hmm. but no indoor gatherings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I decided to do 50 because I want to be, a, you know, I want to make sure I'm doing right by keeping everyone healthy. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Well, with all the heaviness, I got to come in yeah. and we get to do some fun things now. Oh my gosh. Woo! Good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, this isn't really heavy. I mean, when you have, like I said, it's touched so many women's lives and nobody really wants to talk about it. But the, the beauty of that is that when you get healing and when you get help and when you get your breakthrough, that heaviness is gone. Mm-hmm. So for the listener out there, um, I know there's somebody who's listening. Oh, there's several people that are listening that are going, yeah, me too. Um, there's a way to contact with Andrea and, and we want you to be able to get that help. We want you to be able to get that breakthrough and that healing. Absolutely. Don't wait till you're 65. Yeah. Ooh. No. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. I think that's one of the other beautiful parts of this is knowing that you're not alone. I think yes. that is such a tough thing when you're going through something that is devastating or traumatizing, it can feel isolating and embarrassing to want to talk about it and get help and get healing. And you discover in it the beauty of getting help, but also that others have gone through things that are similar and you can find community as, yes. as a byproduct of sharing your story. Yes. It's a courageous thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for the fun question, if you were to have somebody play you in a lifetime movie of yourself, who would you have play it and why? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I laugh at that. Cause I'm always, someone always said, Oh, you look like Zoe. Uh, she did avatar. So oh, is Saltanya. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you look like Jada Pinkett. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I hear so many things, but yeah. I'm a huge Jada P- Pinkett fan. Mm. So I would, I would want her. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. She's very versatile. She is. <laughs> and why? Why would you have her? Why are you a fan of her? Because she is confident. She's a little body, you know, mm-hmm. but she's. Like a lion. She's big. big personality. Mm-hmm. Big, very big, big personality. Strong yeah. woman. Yeah. Very and strong. so I'm often looked at as being soft-spoken, but yeah, it's like, don't mess with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't mess don't with her. Don't even go there. Yeah. You got three boys you gotta I got to keep in line. Boys. That is a tough woman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. Okay. So this one is fun. It's the blissful bonus question. So you actually get to pick a number. Between one and twenty, and then I will ask you whatever question is associated with oh that boy. number. Well, my favorite number is three. <laughs> three. Oh, okay. This one's fun. What is your most used emoji? You know, I think it's the hearts. 
Oh, the, the wiggly hearts. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, the, it's the emotion with the face within the heart. Oh, the hearts. Yes. Are, oh, okay. Oh, the heart, yes. Yes. Heart, yes. Heart, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. the lady dancing, like she ever. <gasps> yes, girl. That is one of my. Does she have favorites. a name? I wonder if she has a name. We should look that up. Yeah, yeah, that's, we should look that's that very up. representative of you, too, it there, is. Missy. I'm like, what? Dancing. Right. <laughs> yes, all the time. <laughs> Even by myself. I don't care. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it's it's such an honor for you to be here and to learn from you. And we're just excited to follow everything that you do um, and, and make sure that others can follow it, too. So we'll make sure that your contact information and website is in our show notes so people can go and look at that. And do you have um, any social media that people can yes. follow? Yes. Instagram. You can find me on Instagram as un- under Andrea Taylor underscore life coach. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn and that is life coach Andrea Taylor. Excellent. Okay. Awesome. Wonderful. And you have the, the website. Yes. Yeah. Yay. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you very much for coming thank today. You. This was awesome. You guys are awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was wonderful having Such you. Such an honor. And with that, may your faith be greater than your fears. And remember, you are your only limit. So take action today. Thanks for listening listening to to the Bliss Beyond Beyond Fear podcast.